Welcome to the Everyday Sniper. You got Frank from Sniper's Hide. And I know you guys have been waiting a little while. I haven't done a couple podcasts in a few days. You're probably like, where's Frank? Um, working with Accuracy International these last couple days. I'm sitting here with Scott Sigmund of Accuracy International North America. And we're shooting the new ATXs today. Yeah. Hello, Scott. Hey, hi, Frank. And, you can say hi and, to everybody out there. Yeah, too. hello, everyone out there. <laughs> In so, podcast land. Podcast land, absolutely. And this, so we filmed a, a live thing, and then we did a, a what do you call it? A uh, we did a, a live a live stream yesterday. We took pictures. I shot video. We did interviews and stuff like that. But today was the first day we got to shoot the rifles, or I did anyway. Today's the day I get to shoot the new. Uh, competition rifle wow it, it's it, the recoil pulse is insanely straight it's light i mean that prc is a phenomenal we shot the 6.5 prc out of the ai and it was phenomenal it shot like a 5.56 five, yeah i mean it's it's so it's deceptive honestly to shoot these guns because you're expecting something else and uh I sort of had the epiphany moment a week ago with a 6.5 Creedmoor off the point of a tank trap and, you know, a very small target out at 550. And it's like it, you, you break the shot and the, you literally uh, see the bullet fly. Yeah, I saw the Smash round. the target. And I, I just haven't seen it before. I mean, I've shot a lot of guns, but, you know, we, we knew where we wanted to get with the design. And, you know, after like 14 months of development uh you kind of expect it to work well right but then when you finally get all the physical guns built and and shooting them it's like wow you kind of hold crossing yeah. your fingers a little yeah bit. it's like you know you're kind of thinking part of you is thinking god i hope i hope we didn't get this wrong who's out there shit is that adam uh, is that it's, adam? it's ray and yeah oh so yeah, I mean these things. The, the, you shot the PRC fourteen hundred twenty-five yards off the point of a tank trap. Yeah. 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 I mean, uh, unbelievable. In I mean, uh, almost two mils of wind, you were using right one. No, you were one two, right? One two one four wind. Yeah, I mean, you guys are spotting for me, right, but right. honestly, you don't need a spotter. No. I mean, you, you uh, of course, it, at fourteen twenty-five, the bullets in the air a while, but you, you never you never lose the target out of the center part of the scope never it, yeah. it it takes us like you have to balance it you have to it's tuned and you guys balanced and tuned the, the comp guns mats yeah. and those yeah. guys and as they're talking about they want it on that front half of the bag once you kind of get the rhythm and you realize what it's not doing i mean i'm running the bolt without touching the rifle i don't have my my support hand isn't on the rifle and i can run the bolt and it's not pulling the rifle off target it's not doing anything then you, I mean, I'm literally shooting it with one hand. I mean, yeah, it's because yeah. it's it's such a nice straight recoil pulse, and we're hitting these little bitty targets out here and fast. Uh, it's it's the lower is easy to see that center of gravity. Yeah, um, amazing what it does. Not just from a, 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 the shooting standpoint, but the, the recoil pulse and how you operate with all that. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, you you touched on a key feature is it makes you realize how many points of contact that we're using to control a rifle, mm -hmm. and it's a lot. And and when you start shooting a gun like this, 
you have to figure out real quick. I don't need to, to control it so much. You're putting a lot of sort of English on the gun and you don't need it with this right, gun. Right, right. So, so you really free, it frees up uh, a lot of energy just to operate the bolt and work the trigger. It, it's, it's amazing. Uh, one of the things that I noticed, it, like I said, it takes a second. And, and at first, so I shot it, my hand's kind of, what do I do with this hand? I don't need it. And then it's like, because you go to put it over the top and the weight system sort of puts that, um, that your arm out a little bit. But then what I realized when I got this last run that I did um, with the 6BR version, I just took my fingers and put it right on the weight, on the edge of the weights. And that helped me just kind of put, have a place for my hand. And it gave me that sort of confidence to stable. But all I'm doing is touching the side of the weights. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> it's a reference point is really what it comes down to. Yeah, you figure out a lot of, uh, kind of a lot of new ways you can manage the gun and it's, all of it's easier. As you noticed, when you double stack the weights, the stability of the gun just improves by another yep. factor. It's just a lot wider. Well, yeah, exactly. You get that, you get the lateral stability, not just the sinking straight down into the bag because it's heavier, but you get lateral stability because the weights become wings. They're yeah, the, you, yeah. you know, they're, they're the catamaran pontoons out there. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that works out really, really well for the rifle and, and all that. But let's go into the beginning. We talked about in the, in the videos and stuff, those guys will see this, but the genesis of the rifle, your hill sessions uh, back in uh, Virginia, West Virginia, when you guys went and you, uh, and you tested all the different rifles. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll back up a little farther than that. I remember having a, uh, we had a phone call with most of the team members when they were uh, they were driving back to Dallas to fly home from the 2018 finale. And, you know, we, we knew they were becoming less competitive because we're shooting a gun that we brought to the market like back in 2013. Yeah. And, you know, we've just done so many other big, huge projects in the last, say, five years that, you know, they sort of take precedence over uh, a project like this you know we've done prs we've done a elr right uh, the multi-caliber with the elr gun now 50 cal and you know our company is focused toward these these military requirements all over the world and so the guys competed for another year but we started to have a lot of conversations about what what do we need in a competition rifle and a lot of things had happened with the AX to kind of keep it in the game. You know, we brought the comp trigger mm -hmm. out, which gave us a really competitive trigger and a lot of sort of widgets that you can add on to it to try to stabilize it. But you, you kind of reach a point of diminishing return. And uh, so we had a big range session back in like late September of last year and and uh, 2019, I'm sorry. Yep, and yep. We dragged out all kinds of rifles, you know, our guns, uh, things that represent the whole gamut of what's being run in tactical precision rifle competition. And the guys really wanted me. I did a lot of shooting, mm -hmm. you know. They, it's like we had all kinds of barricades and equipment. Well, it's hard to explain and, sometimes. It's easier to do it and yeah, to say, see yeah. what we're talking about? Yeah, and it's re it really was a, a kind of eye-opening day, and we literally had brought pen and paper out to start drafting out uh, specification for this new gun. 
And then within within a couple of weeks, you know, we had the hand sketches mm-hmm. uh, that we looked at in the last couple of days, and then those were passed on to engineering. But you know, you look at um, what's interesting is shooters can make all kinds of designs. Right. Work we all have ideas for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and you know, you find features of lots of guns that that you like. You know, mm-hmm. like like for example, you know, real popular combination would be like an impact and a foundation. And right. I love the grip on that gun. You know, it's one of the nicest feeling sort of grips out there, and you know you you find ways to make all of the platforms work for you. But our objective was to design a rifle that any shooter is going to have to minimize the adaptation. You can make the gun work for you. It's the tune in the balance and then you don't have to keep widgeting it. Not figure out how you can work the gun so much. And so that, that's um, the whole idea behind it. Um, you know, I, I don't shoot anything like what the team guys do. Um, but damn, Frank, I mean, I shoot so much better with this gun than I do my AX. It just seems like I told JR and Matt a few days ago, it's like, geez, it's almost like cheating. It's almost three inches shorter. When yeah. with my AX yeah. alongside this, we have them on the on barricade side by side, and I have pictures and everything you guys can see. Yeah. It's almost a full, maybe not three, but two inches or so yeah. shorter than that. So now yeah. you're dealing with that that center of gravity. I don't, you know, I don't think we've ever we did subconsciously probably, but I don't remember people talking about it as much. And yeah. now you're starting to see what a huge impact that's making on that recoil pulse on. Everything we're doing, and, and it's going back to hunting rifle because we're slammed low and straight again. Absolutely. So, so I got a real education uh, in 2019 because, you know, we were all pretty well stuck close to home. And I went out a lot of, uh, a number of times with Rhett and JR to just do training and run drills at JR's place. And he's got a lot of barricades and good targets. And... It was real instructive for me, you know, to, to become more efficient moving the gun. But then JR's and, and Rhett's guns are well balanced mm-hmm. compared to mine. And it really focused me on getting the gun balanced. And then the other thing that happened to me last year is I got involved in shooting NRL and Mars 22 uh, with Rhett. And mm-hmm. I ended up building sort of this Franken gun, you know. <laughs> it's like a, I took a, a 5418 MSR barreled action and I adapted it to one of my old 1913 Supermatch stocks. <laughs> well, the, the Supermatch has a bracket on the front end for a weight system. Right. You know, this is a tw- 21-year-old gun I, I bought years Amazing ago. Amazing how they did that, huh? Yeah, and <laughs> so, so in tw- 22 is no different from this game, but geez, ba- getting the gun balanced is so key. Mm-hmm. Like I, I well, Matt shot- Matt had a great um, conversation. Matt said about like balancing a race yeah. car for the corners. And he says, we're, we're not adding weight just to add weight. Yeah. We're balancing the rifle for the game we're playing. That's and right. that's a, I think yeah. that's a big distinction. It's not so much, we know weight equals stability, but it's, we don't have to go so heavy um, because they're tuning it. Yeah. So, you know, to talk a little more about the importance of a balanced gun, I went with Rhett, um, I think it was back in August, we shot one of the Lapua Rimfire Challenge matches mm-hmm. at war, um, up at Peacemaker. 
and I really kind of got this gun working good for me. And I ran, uh, it's just like a PRS right, uh, right. step barricade, you know, like a skill stage. And I had the highest score of everybody in that match. And I'm like, God, was that me? And it really gets down to getting the gun working for me. I, I mean, I look back and I think maybe I wasn't such a bad shooter. I just needed to get my gun set up better. Well, and I think that is a big key of it, that that's rifle setup and all that, that people overlook. And we talk about it from the fundamental standpoint that you see a guy that the gun doesn't fit him. It's like your mm -hmm. car. It's, yeah. it's me getting into your car and you getting into mine and not moving the seats for each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to reach the pedals in yours yeah. and you're going to be buried against the steering wheel in mine and it, it's not going to work for us. That, that is such a great analogy, you know, and I have a car that I track, so. Right? <laughs> okay. And the first few times I went out, it's like I would go home and the outside of my knees would just be bruised because you find the seat, mm -hmm. it's not a race seat, right? Right, right. And, and you don't know it, but you're using your knees, knees to, to stabilize your body against the G-loads. Right, but right. When you get your ass plonked in a race seat, the, the car is holding you. Yes. And then you are free to drive the car unimpeded. And it, it's an epiphany, sort of like shooting that gun. Yes. It's like, I can really drive this gun instead of sort of, uh, sort of hanging on to it. You know, when you're driving a performance car or mm -hmm. a race car in a terrible seat, you are hanging on to the car. Instead of turning the steering wheel to steer the car, you're literally, half your energy is wasted right. holding your body, body upright, yeah. right? Yep. And it's it is very analogous to, to shooting guns in competition where we've got a clock running and you've got like 90 seconds to hit all these targets and move the gun quickly and efficiently. The way it settles into that bag gains you time. The way when you're manipulating the gun, it stays in that line, gains you time. That recoil pulse keeping you on target is gonna gain you time. And in the fact like the, the ones you had set up at the shop, uh, the, the the gold gun's a little heavy for me. The, yeah, the Matt's gun. Matt's gun. <laughs> yeah. But Rhett's gun wasn't. And it's just the difference in how they have them yeah. set up. And so it, it, it's kind of like when you drop it on that bag, it just sinks and settles in. It doesn't like move and bounce or shift. It's just thud and it's there. But then, like I said, when you're manipulating the bolt, when it's running, the recoil pulse is working with you not against you right and right. so it, it it it's a big i mean we're yeah. i saw because the sun is so bright today we're, we have a gorgeous day like um scott said i saw the bullet come out and when it went through the cloud of the, the the smoke coming out of the suppressor it reflected and i saw the bullet come out of the muzzle because it was that steady of a shot it's just not moving no and yeah. the and the sun yeah. was so bright yeah. it's like a strobe light you know, and yeah. it let me see the bullet yeah. coming out. And, and I mean, I, I did, you saw how fast I was shooting that uh, 600 yard plate. I mean, it just boom, 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 boom. As fast as I'm running yeah. the bolt and get to the trigger, the shot breaks. And I was watching you and I thought you could easily have gone faster, but I, I'm watching you and I'm seeing you process yeah. what you're doing. Yeah, and, I'm, I'm analyzing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and it kind of happens to you the first few times yes. you shoot the gun. It's yeah, like, yeah, we're analyzing. It's just so much better. You know, and one interesting thing is we've got one gun running a 6.5 PRC. 
we've got several running 6.5 Creedmoor and then the BR. And the the movement and the recoil impulse are not that different. No, even with the six five Creedmoor, we had no guns. problem. Uh, Rhett popped in, but we had no problem with uh, seeing what we were doing with the with the Creedmoor versus the millimeter. Yeah, no, I mean know? they were shooting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they were shooting the mile target with those two guns right there mm -hmm. off the tripods and hitting it yeah. i mean you know it's creedmoor's at a mile right oh, we do it every class yeah. we on sunday i let yeah. them um sunday afternoon we do open shoot they could shoot any target out there and then we open the mile up for them yeah yeah i don't i let them you know i tell them don't waste because you'll get a guy that'll dump two boxes of mags or you know to right, yeah, right. at it but yeah. it's like dude if you're not hitting it go away but if you're on it and six five creeds do pretty well here with it yeah. The wind's not. If the wind's like today and working in our favor, no yeah. problem. So what's the elevation here? About? Uh, 4,500. Okay. And then the DA with the heat and everything, we're probably at 6,000 feet right now. Yeah. So they're cruising. Yeah, good. yeah, they're cruising yeah. really well. Yeah. But no, they, they, you guys, I mean, in you, you look at like, for me, the, the, um, the MDT, the ACC is a competition chassis is one that I personally kind of like. I like it because it has the very long handguard on it. The only thing, like with that, what compromises you're talking about is like the, the buttstock is a little longer. So it right, doesn't have a shorter right. length to pull for me, so it kicks me off to the side a little bit. And then when we look at the center of gravity between that MDT and my comp gun here and uh, the ATX, you're about a half an inch lower. And you can, I put a picture up, and if you guys look over the top of the black and camouflage rifle, You'll see the silver line in yeah, my barrel, yeah. and you'll see how it's higher. But also, I took a picture at the back. Look at the bolts, and you'll see where the yeah. bolts next to each other have a height difference. And then with the AX and AA, yeah. you know, it's completely well, different. Yeah, I mean, and that is absolutely by design. Um, the, the barreled action sets down in the U-shaped mm -hmm. chassis channel. And I, I, I mean, I'm the first, I'll tell you, I pinched that from my old Anschutz Supermatch guns. When I bought those guns 20 years ago, and I've got a 1913 and a 2013, it's like the barrel is barely peeking up above the top of the stock. But in right. a classic sling position, it, when I got those guns, I'm like, wow, that barrel is down in your hand. It's not standing up here. And... It allowed me to get a better position, but the recoil of those things, I know we're talking 22. Right, here. but still. But you know the level of score and accuracy it takes to win is stupid. But those guns work so well, and I always thought, you know, why do other manufacturers not do this? Well, a couple of years later, I built a Palma rifle for a thousand, you know, Palma mm -hmm. competition, yep, yep. and I built it just like that. I bought Anschutz hardware for that gun. I thought, I'm going to make a centerfire high-power gun that behaves like that 22. You know, and the Germans, are they have been way out in front of everybody. With on, that stuff. And uh, I, you know, I always talk to, like, Tom Manners and the different guys, and I always bring up the Olympic 22s and the Germans, and look at the back of the stocks. Look at where the yeah. trigger interface. I mean, from our chin backwards, that's where they put all the effort in that Olympic gun. You know, when yeah. you think about it, yeah. it's right there. Well, we don't do that a lot with our hunting styles and that, but now we're, we're, we're seeing how this stuff matters. The stock a little bit shorter, squares us up, makes that recoil pulse a yeah. little better. Yeah. All, you know, you're coming down and bringing that center of gravity down. 
and and all these little things are starting to come back into play because they've yeah. been fragmented and splintered. Like the the Palma gun I told you about, I I used 2013 Cheek hardware, and I was probably the first one, even before G. David Tubb, to have a high cheek piece gun. Like my bolt came under, under it. Because as a small bore shooter, I didn't want to be bobbing my head off of the cheek piece every time I stroked the bolt. I wanted to maintain that hard cheek weld mm -hmm. as I cycled the gun and reloaded. And you know, today, I mean, the AIs have been that way for a while. Um, but the the ATX kind of brings all of the elements in the the getting the barreled action down in the stock, keeping that cheek. Mm -hmm. right hovering above the bolt so it comes back and doesn't you, you know doesn't impede uh right cheek right weld yeah and you and, drop and that stock, down a little you, bit you guys even drop the cheek it, down yeah, from you, the a uh, x you mentioned the length of pull it's friendly to you you know we we know you're our favorite tallest sniper <laughs> <in the world. laughs> yeah. but uh you know that but uh architecture really comes straight off the asr where you know socom sets them Right. Um, you got to meet this men length of pull limit. And that's to accommodate a lot of different size shooters. Yes. And, and the military always did. Yeah, uh, the rifles yeah. had no problem with them, like with the uh, A2 and all that stuff with length of pull. No worries. Yeah. It's, you know, some of our more traditional stocks kind of forget that. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a 14 and a half, 15 inch. Well, LP. that's the MDT is like a 14 inch minimum. Right. And that's where I need, I'm closer down to the 12s and stuff. And so, you know, if, if I want a 13 one, not a 14 one. Yeah, I think you can go 12 and a half. Exactly. Yeah. Yours guys has always yeah. been short. Uh, I've never, yeah. your grips are small. Even the, uh, the Legacy always had the smaller pistol grip on the thumb hole. Yeah. And so I've never had a problem hand size wise, as small as my hand is, running that yeah. rifle. Yeah, know? in terms of accessories, you know, we've got the AR... Uh, grip mm -hmm. interface on this and uh, vice the ASR we we put it in the you know the More, 90 degree yep. orientation because there's grips out now that are very vertical but they're all pretty deep you know we've got the big ergo grip on it's very comfortable but we're going to work on a couple of grips for this gun that will shorten up the bottom of the sure. grip and and give shooters some different interfaces and reaches to the trigger and maybe look at thumb supports. So that's that's coming next. We got a lot of cool stuff on the horizon for 2021 to yeah. accessorize. Let's, let's kind of put to bed the key slot or yeah, the key slot stuff. Number one, it's not key mod. So shut up with the key mod. I, I'm tired yeah, of answering not. that. Um, we, we came to the very first SHOT Show in mm -hmm. Las Vegas after the last or 2010. Yep. Uh, we brought the very first uh, Gen 1 AX, uh, they were big 338 rifles, and they had key slot. And dude, that was a year before the, the key, key mod. mod. Right. And I hate, and I don't want to go down this road, but those guys visited our booth more than once during that And they screwed show. up because they couldn't see the back. Yeah, well, that's why it's messed you know, up because they mean, couldn't uh, see behind uh, it and they didn't know what was behind it. You know, and I, I don't. One of those guys. You don't is, have to is, say it, Scott. I will. Is <laughs> one of the guys is dead now, and, right. and we'll never know. But you know, maybe they had this idea in their head, but they didn't evolve it far enough. And then we show up with this, and they put the hurry up on it and get this thing out there. And you know, it's like all of the AR guns jumped on that like stink on shit. 
and it never was good. You know, it's these fussy little screws with these asymmetric little weak back nuts. And, you know, after a few years, people, uh, shooters realize they'll pull out mm -hmm. if you put stress on them. And we never had that problem. In all these years, we never had one pullout failure on our interface. And it's much simpler and much more robust. And it, it self-aligns the rails perfectly. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, there's always tolerance in these rail systems because they use um, a little alignment feature on the rail that has to fit in right. to a corresponding feature. And no matter what you do, you have to have some tolerance or it won't fit on the gun. But on the, the tapered back nuts on key slot, it, once you tighten them up, the rail aligns it and it stays put. I mean, they really stay. Yeah, and the thing is, it it makes your handguard slimmer. Mm -hmm. They're flush inside, so yeah. the barrel doesn't have anything to hit against. And, and, and there's a whole lot of it's it's completely different yeah. on the other side. Like you may see it from one side here, but when you're on the other side, the inside of that handguard, it looks completely different from key mod. Key slot is different. Yeah, it pulls up perfectly flush. Yep. Uh, the thing about key slot is you never worry about whether your back nut engaged properly right. or not. If and it's we, in, it's in. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to bag on a particular interface because they seem to get their fanboys and, you know, sort of popularity regardless right, of the Right, right. They, they create the interface wars. and. <laughs> but with ASR, we got a lot of experience with, you know, an alternative interface. And when we brought out the AXSR for for the general market and the global market, we're like, screw this, dude. We're, we're putting we're going back to that because we know it's better. Yes. And, uh, and the angles now to point them up a little bit helps you with your interface because with your weight system, with your uh, night vision bridges and all that, it, there's no uh, conflicting. So the bridge isn't in the way of the weight system, which isn't in the way yeah, of yeah, any other. Yeah. So you can you never interfere yeah. with an open slot. You know, maybe one of the advantages of bringing this gun out now instead of maybe starting to work on it three or four years ago is it we get to kind of have a clean sheet of paper. Mm -hmm. And, you know, products, a lot of products over time tend to get revised and adapted and... and you know, they'll sometimes end up a bit like Frankenstein. You know? Yeah, and yeah. You, and you stand back and look at your masterpiece and say, God, damn, it's pretty fucking ugly, right? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so we had the benefit of not being able to work on this gun in, until like a year and a half ago. And, and when we got to work on it, it's like, you know, we can make it everything we want it to be. And we, we had time to... Uh, shoot a lot of different systems and play with damn near every accessory on the market and, and see and there's good stuff out there and then there's it, but you know when you take a bunch of disparate type of accessories and try to sort of blend them into one mm -hmm. guy the you accessories know, the, almost seem regional too. Yeah, it's right. like this guy has a cool idea in this part of the country, and that guy's got a cool idea, but it's hard to bring them all together and package them up right. efficiently. And one of the advantages we have is, like, we're a no-shit manufacturer. We have a real engineering department. Uh, we have a real design process. 
And we have the advantage of being able to design a complete system and integrate things more efficiently. And that's part of what you're experiencing mm -hmm. out there is uh, we've had time to examine lots of things and think about how they work and, you know, get feedback from different people. And so when, you know, when we put it into CAD and model it, you know, we're not wasting so right, much right. Time you're not, you're not, you're not shooting yeah. in the air at night. Yeah. You know, kind yeah. of trying to figure out what's going on. No, it, it shows. I mean, like I said, the the whole system, even. But think about this. You got the weight system, and I said that the the gold gun was a little heavy for me. But the base rifle is just shy of thirteen pounds. Yes, and yeah. that's five pounds of barrel in that. That's a heavy barrel. For right. A, so imagine a, a, a base box, rifle yeah. of 13 pounds, five of its barrel, you switch it over to a proof, and now you're going to be right around with your scope, about a 10, 11 pound gun. And that, for a guy yeah. who might want to go walk with it, he can now cross over, just take the weight system off. Exactly. So, you know, like uh, I was talking to Frank Green at Bartland mm -hmm. last week, and he sent me kind of a chart about their carbon barrels. Yep, so I'm running one on mine. In, in any particular profile, it's almost like about a 2.2 pound delta uh, between the carbon and the equivalent mm -hmm. profile in steel. So you take that, that same gun out there, well, you could drop that weight by easily two pounds just by using an alternative barrel, you know, a proof or a Bartland. Yep, yep. Yeah. Totally, totally. I know I think you guys nailed that stuff so well, um, just putting it together. The, it, it, it did come out of the uh, the ASR, but I want to talk a little bit about the butt stock mm -hmm. um, the, coming up there, and then you're going to have it. So it's going to be the the original one, the the base one, I guess I should say, is going to be just the fixed butt. It, 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 yeah. So you're not going folder yeah. at first. You can get a hinge for it, and you guys are going to have a reversible hinges, and your hinge is also going to be able to take the tricked out toolless ASR butt stock. Yeah. So, so you can even go Gucci that way if you wanted to and, and kind of play with the back of the rifle there. So with the ASR, um, even though they weren't specifying a left-handed gun, it seems like always in the future... Somebody wants a lefty. They're going to come back and say, okay, now we need some left-handed guns. Plus, we wanted the design to have scope beyond SOCOM. And so... The whole back end of that gun was designed to be ambidextrous, and it's a hundred percent ambidextrous. So you can you can take an ASR butt, and the, Reverse the cam everything. latches will flip to the opposite side, like like with a, mm -hmm. a three sixteenths hex drive tool. Right, right. And then you can back the hinge out and turn it one eighty and make it fold the other direction, and then just move your catches to the other side. So the idea with ASR was to minimize the number of components that an organization would need to support a Both. left and a right hand system. Of course, you need a, an action that's dedicated left. And because we do the cutaway mag port, you would need to switch uh, it. An opposite mag section. But everything else on the rifle is common to both left and right, and it really reduced by a big factor the number of unique parts needed to do a left-handed gun. So this rifle, uh, the hinge architecture comes straight off of the ASR. We knew 
we wanted to be able to, to mm -hmm. use that hinge and have that reversing feature. But we also knew, we, we set a price target for this gun of 5,000 bucks. Yeah, 49.95. Yeah, and we, we knew that the better custom guns were in that 4,500 to 5K range, you know, from the good mm -hmm. gun builders with top tier components. And a lot of those guns are fixed stocks, you know, like take a foundation or right, you know, manners right. or whatever. That those aren't cheap stocks; they're great stocks. But well, even like a Jay Allen, which you know that kind of a lot of guys were running Jay Allens yeah, for and, a while. It's fixed stock, and they're fixed stocks. And so we thought, you know, in order to hold that price point, we don't want to throw every bell and whistle into that gun and make the owner buy it up front. Right. But you can take that gun and you can personalize it like all the way up to almost AXSR level of feature set. You know, it's like you want to shoot it naked, shoot it just like it comes out of the box. Right. If you want to grip over the barrel, you got two bridges that drop into the fore end and you can you can fully enclose it. You can mm -hmm. put you can add a coplanar It looks good, rail. yeah. Uh, you can throw a hinge in there and make the thing into a folder. Uh, if you want to go like Gucci all the way, you, you will offer that ASR butt. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it really, it, it covers a lot of bases, but it doesn't shut out the guy who's kind of stretching to get into the game with a competitive platform that he won't outgrow in two seasons. Well, even like on the LE side of the world, you know, it's it's hard to get them to be competitive, but there are a bunch of them that are dabbling and putting feats in and stuff like that. But think about this. They, to me, that's the ultimate LE urban sniper rifle, you know, um, because it's made with the weight system and the bags and the barricades. Come up to a chain link fence, throw a game changer on top of it, put your rifle on it. What did I just do? I just did a prop. Yeah. You know, yeah. I get out of my car and I'm on the hood of my car. Maybe I'm in the V of, of you know, in the V of the door. And I'm going to put my game changer there. You know what I'm saying? And so it, it lends to that. But then I put my 308 barrel on because I'm a cop. Then I take my 308 barrel up and I put my 6BR barrel on. And now I go shoot a competition. <laughs> and I can do both. Yeah, and all it yeah. is is one barrel. And it, yeah. now the work gun is more in line with the game gun. Yeah, I mean, you, you know, know, we... The development of this rifle was never focused toward LE. But right, I but it, I, th I think being AI, we can't get the sniper DNA out of the platform. No, you can't. And why would you, know? you want to? No, you don't. We don't want to. I mean, the you action, are the holy grail of sniper yeah. rifles. So really, would you want to kind of tarnish yeah. that? No. I mean, the action <laughs> is carried straight off of the yeah. AT and the AX. And I look at that. It's about the most bomb-proof action we've ever made. And why change that I right mean, right we can't improve it much really no so we, we've got we've got a better trigger for it for the comp guys yeah so. yeah and you guys so. did a lot on that trigger because i th there was some stuff with the trigger and i gotta go so somebody tried to throw it in my face the other day part of the issue with the trick the comp trigger number one was the lighter pull weight and everybody was trying to wrench on them make them either single stage yeah, reduce and, yeah. and running them out of adjustment so then you always had a guy that was my comps out of adjustment well what did you do to it well i wrenched on it well what were you trying to do i was trying to make a single stage and you don't know what you're doing and you messed it up okay. so now it's like well leave the comp trigger alone i don't want to deal with it so every time you would come there would always be drama because guys were wrenching on the triggers now we talked about <clears throat> 
the 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 UK trigger, when it comes out, of, my rifles that come out of the box, I may barely throw a wrench on it with the right, trigger. Right, right, right. Barely. If if I'm gonna adjust that trigger, it's only because I'm gonna cross over and shoot a comp with it. That would be the yeah. only reason I change the trigger <laughs> on my AI. Now with the comp trigger, everybody wanted to wrench. That put a bad taste in my mouth. You guys addressed that. You worked on the trigger a little bit and it's supplying with the heavier spring now and not the super light spring where people are trying to get ounces out of it and make it a single stage. Yeah. So yeah. that's kind of where yeah, I, mean, that, I think things changed. Yeah, that was, you know, you, you've got to try something and see how it works and then learn from it. And we figured out real quick that uh, supplying the thing in the light pull range is probably not a good idea for, for the average. Right. Year. And uh, and that trigger is highly adjustable. I don't know of another trigger outside of an Anschutz match trigger that mm -hmm. has that level of adjustability and tunability. I mean, that, that, that trigger is a really fine piece of work, but most people don't understand how it works. Right. And even though it's got detailed instructions, you know, well, we, it's, we know how Well, people don't are. understand. The average guy does not understand yeah. a two-stage trigger. Right. Because, and that is what runs into it. And so people try to, their, their misunderstanding of the movement in that trigger. I mean, your over-travel is like a safety device for you guys. Yeah. What people don't realize is if you're excited, you're on the job, you're doing something, you're getting ready to smoke somebody, you don't want to go, oh, shit and yank the trigger. So yeah. they give you that little bit of over travel. So if you're a little hard on that trigger, it's not moving the gun, well, you're, you know, yeah, and well, people want to remove it. Well, this kind so. of gets into some of the, the really key critical difference between a proper two stage and a one stage. Right. Is whether you're, you're shoot, if you're shooting Olympic offhand and you know what that's like, you might have to restart a shot three times before you break it because your your position may get unstable. But with an Anschutz, you could always pull that thing up to the first stage, and if you had to restart that shot, when you let off that trigger, your primary sear, which is very lightly loaded, is still there. Reacquires full engagement. Now on a hyper-tuned one stage. If you pull on that trigger and move it a little bit and then let off, you probably are sitting there with what I would call a half-fired trigger. Right. It's now dangerous. That's why sometimes when you do that and you lift the bolt to unload the gun, it, it goes shoots. bang. Yep. You're like, oh, what just happened? It's like, well, that trigger was a little bit... Mm, engaged, it, yeah. It, 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 it lost sear engagement because it got pulled a little bit right mm -hmm. and then they're more susceptible to dirt and grit well the ai trigger is just like that anschutz but it's made to operate in a one and a half to two kilo pull range and that is a true sniper trigger as you you, you might be out here in colorado in freaking zero weather yeah we could have been snow it snowed two days ago you know what i mean sniper might have to be on that gun for hours and it's cold and he's wearing a glove and you have to have that level of feedback when you're getting tired and numb mm -hmm. that you're not going to inadvertently let that shot go. So the comp trigger can be set up to run really just like an AI if we put the right spring set in it. But 
competition yeah. guys don't want that. Right, right. And, so. and, 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 and there's a skill involved to tuning a trigger. Yeah. You know, it's not yeah. something where you just turn the Allen and go and walk away from it. We were, I mean, uh, Rhett's here. We had a conversation yeah. probably, what, 15 minutes on Loctite and nail polish, yeah. on just locking a trigger up. Hey, can we, you think a little dab of nail polish will work? Well, we take it and back it out, and we put a little Loctite in there and bring it back down. And then you were talking about that one spring engagement where if guys are moving it, 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 it takes out the Loctite and it turns it to chalk and now you yeah. lose it. Yeah. So if you... So it'll walk. Right. It'll walk if you mess with the wrong screw and you don't kind of reseal it. So it, it, there's a process to triggers that have to be understood before just the average guy wrenches on it. That skewed yeah. my yeah. impression of things. And so I stayed away from it. But this, you guys updated this trigger. It's got new coatings with... Um, well, and here's the thing about the trigger. If somebody gets it all whacked up, and they do, just send it back to us. We'll fix it. Yeah. And we'll have it back to you in a couple of days. Mm-hmm. Like, it, the thing about Tom at... at uh, right. At XTXP. <laughs> the, the, every one of those triggers is set up on a Deverat trigger scan. And you know what that mm-hmm. is. You... you that you set the thing up in an action and it gives you a force trace so you have a graphical depiction. Right, right. Of, Uber of, does that and to every trigger you'll get yeah, a printout. And so So you know how that trigger is operating and you know, if you get it really out of whack and if you put it in the Deverac you'd say, Wow, that's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. But you can put it right back to where it's supposed to be. Um, I spent a whole day a couple of years ago at ADG with Tom Myers, and Tom brought his trigger scan, and ADG had one. And, dude, we got to run a lot of triggers on two different Deveracs set up on the same bench. It was really educational to see how triggers perform or don't perform. Right, right. It's cool stuff. So this is the new improved flat shoe. It's going to ship with the curved, but yep. you can get a flat upgrade. Um, Euro Mile High have those flat shoes. Um, you had your flat on today, right? Y'all always. always wearing the flat. Always. <laughs> right there. I we were shooting his stuff. That that rifle is just so sweet to shoot. And when you guys see the video of them shooting it, they just don't move. I mean, it's crazy just watching them on these chank traps and props. And, and like I said. Yeah, with and without weights. We're running because only like two of the rifles have weights and two don't. Um, we got like four of them out here. Uh, it, it's just the, it, it, the recoil pulse, I'm surprised it's that much different. But when you look at the height different between the AX and that, it makes sense. But then it's like, wow, why didn't we think of that sooner to be slamming all these things down or even a lot more? did. Yeah, they, they always did. Well, and that's a, you know... I, it's funny too because I just got that and shoots the 17, the Fortner I told Jim. So yeah, I, I yeah. at Shot Show, I always hang out with and shoots. And I remember when um, I was kind of uh, uh, courting Field and Stream and all that stuff, and I was going and hanging out in their room at Shot at Field and Stream. Yeah, yeah. I always had breakfast with the and shoots people because they came in and they had breakfast right there. So I used to love to talk to those guys. They know exactly what they're doing. And their mindset is any one of these rifles could win a gold medal. And so it has to be to the level of today, this is my gold medal rifle. And you guys are coming at that in the same way and just looking at, you know, your audience from the military side of things and now with the team guys and looking at and putting these two together with this rifle. 
it, it's a it's a pretty wild rifle, man. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, um, Rhett kind of dragged me into tactical rimfire shooting last year, and mm -hmm. I told you about my Franken gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Danny Span at Anschutz North America sent us a Fortner in a SISM stock, and we got to shoot it in competition nice, late nice. in the year. And that, that's instructive, you know, that's very much an offhand I want stock. my Fortner in your stock now. <laughs> and, dude, I, no shit, Frank. We, we are going to get a stock for that gun that behaves like the ATS. Yeah, yeah. And it's if you going, make a Fortner one, I want one too. It's going to be magical, yes. I'm telling you. That, I'll give you my yeah, Fortner. You guys yeah. can take it home and use it until you got something figured out. The first couple are going to be wood cast. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's okay. Yeah, we're that's our winter project. We want to come out in the spring, rocking Fortners, and um, have some really good stocks what, on them. Have you competed with this one yet? Uh, the ATX. Yeah, I have not. Only Matt has. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, Matt. Matt only competed. One that's been officially in competition. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I'm gonna lead into it at the AI Classic. At, yeah. the, at the AI Classic. Hey, yeah. I'm gonna get to shoot one too. Nice. So. Well, even Matt yeah. was saying. Um, I guess that Kestrel ballistic yeah, prop, the, the Kestrel barricade. Yeah, the yeah. Kestrel barricade yeah, that he cleaned it. He, what, he was the only one that cleaned it, and he cleaned it with the ATX. Well, I'm not sure if he was the only one, but in, oh, uh, first, yeah. in the first five squads through the day. Well, he, he cleaned it and saved something like 20 seconds on the stage, which is shocking. Yeah, it's yeah. absolutely shocking. Mm -hmm. With the suppressor. You guys are going to yeah. start branching out competitively, right? You're going to look at the ELR side of things. You're going to look at the, yeah. the Nomad yeah. and stuff. You're not like just dedicated. PRS team no, no more. and we you're branching out all of us not in the same year have shot Scott Satterley's mm -hmm. LR match and we love it I think it is the single best yeah. real rifle match in the whole country nice well maybe except for snipers I cup, <laughs> right but oh, we always had good matches you got to admit yeah, you had a lot of fun at yeah. the cup matches when you guys came to oh them. god that, as long as it's not yeah 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 right. I mean yeah. that's what set the hook for me about the whole tack shooting yeah. thing i mean honestly it was so much fun yeah yeah that's where i met wade studeville personally mm -hmm. for the first time i'd always uh, i felt like i knew him well but you never met him from the telephone yeah and uh i don't know how but todd and i sort of ended up on one of the god squads on that first i probably put match. you there you guys asked me <laughs> yeah you probably did but Geez, those guys were so helpful. Yeah, we, yeah. We, we had Wade and Brian Morgan. Yep, that was when Wade had this uh, duct tape or, or yeah. masking tape around his arm. That was his arm yeah. band at the Did time. Those guys know yeah. How to shoot? yeah. But, um, <laughs> Just but yeah, in, in terms of branching out, um, Red and I are we're fully committed to Rimfire. Mm -hmm. Twenty-two addicts. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, the twenty-two and, is so awesome, right? It is like the yeah. greatest friggin' thing. It, it is, and you know, it's a, a bit of a curiosity right now. I really expect to see that sport go through some development. Uh, you know what? Everything well, they, they can't be lazy. They can't be no, like a no, Shannon and not uh, do nothing. They got to actually go out and do shit. Most of but, those and guns then it'll work out. Most of the guns are terribly balanced. They, I mean, they yeah. they just suck, and I. You know, I, I really figured this out with my Franken-Gun Anschutz this summer. And I look at some of these guys and I'm like, you know, if that damn gun would sit on that barricade by itself, you'd shoot it a lot better. Mm -hmm. But it'll come. You know, everybody's shooting like 16-inch barrels. They're really little carbine guns. Right, right. Mine's an 18. I think and, mine's um, an 18. I just, as a matter of fact, we were just laughing because yeah. Ray's out here from Thunder Beast. 
And so we're all shooting a bunch of Dominuses in those 338s. But I brought my 22 can. Yeah, I brought my 22 can. That's what you guys heard earlier when they were shooting. They're shooting with Ray. But I brought my 22 can because I had messed it up taking it apart and so i brought it here for ray to re-put it back together <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. Um, but it's so much fun and uh, and for me you know i mm-hmm. i work a lot right. i i just can't shoot well that green mill right by between much. mile yeah. high and my house one exit yeah. from mile high they have a gorgeous 200 or yeah 100 yard 22 range 200 200 yard 200 yard 22 range it's gorgeous and they do comps over there with it yeah. so i'm going to start playing with that a lot more that's where um i was there the other day with chris way we were doing yeah. a bunch and it, the nice thing is the berms are so big blocks the yeah. wind for you nice but so, you know for me like in prs i mean i'll never hang with those guys right. who are shooting 10 and 12 matches a year I right mean, you, you go off for a weekend you can't you cannot get home without unloading a thousand bucks and last summer, starting in July, I shot seven rimfire matches, and I never drove more than two hours from home. Right, right. And think about the, the difference in just the mindset. We talk about this all the time, but you can go back in time with everybody with me. Going back to like the 2005 competitions versus today. Yeah. It, it, in those guys, I mean, we were coming off our jobs, yeah. driving to a match, pulling our guns out of the trunk and shooting them. These guys, they're set up, they're this, they're practicing, they're coming off of, like you said, 10 and 12 matches. Yeah. You know, they're out on the weekends. You got, like I said, Chris is over here at the 100-yard range. Every day has a standing appointment to do an hour a day doing positional and barricades. Yeah. I mean, that's the dedication the guys are doing today. That I mean, you know, you've got to practice today to, to be in that top 50. Well, that's, that's the appeal of Scott Saturday's right. matches is they're not like designed around crazy barricades exactly they're difficult and challenging but they they're shooting skill matches and the truest we form. we spoke just before christmas scott and i and i said because there was some of the drama stuff and scott and i uh i said to him i said dude right now the only one doing matches right is you you know as far as or i'm being hyperbolic of course but the thing is, Satterley does a nice job with a nice match in those things out there, and he, you know, in their yeah, field got, matches, he blind stages. All the of the match. Yep, yep. He's it's 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 diversity, mm-hmm. you know. It, so it for is. sure. And you look at uh, you look at the range of rifle types that would show up at one of Scott's matches, and man, they're like all over the spectrum, which is cool. Like a guy can bring a three seven five out to one of those mm-hmm. and see how good it is, and yeah, you just and then carry it. you know, and then there's Rhett and Jr. that place like thirteenth and fifteenth with six millimeters. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's it's just um, it's interesting the the people are showing up with a real diverse range of equipment and skill sets and just makes it fun. It reminds me of those those first two snipers hide cut matches. <laughs> you had close to here yeah 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 the field ones but so where are we going we're going to wrap it uh the atx one it's not bonded you're going to do chassis and you're going to actually start branching out with stuff a little bit for people uh is it replacing the ax308 yes okay so the ax308 is going to get retired yep and um so the short actions this is and then the at is going to stay the same uh, the AT's getting retired too. Is it? You're going to yeah, retire the yeah. AT? Yeah. So there's the two. LE the LE guns. The yeah, LEs the, will the, stay. The LE remains in production okay. a long time because yeah, that, 
Actually, those LE guns like we had they're behind sick. us, they're so sick and nice. Yeah, they those, are. They really are. Yeah. Mine's, my AT's an LE yeah. too, so I, I dig it. Yeah, so that LE product line is uh, fairly tightly integrated in mm -hmm. terms of features of the rifles are very similar between the 308 right. and the Magnum. And that community likes long-term stability in the design. They don't want to come back to you and add rifles in three years. And, it's different. And it's like, oh, that got discontinued. Sorry. Uh, so we really feel like those designs in those LE products are very highly refined, and they, they really solidly meet the requirements of LE. So they will continue. But in the commercial market, you know, having an, an AT and then the AX, once we introduce this gun, it doesn't make sense anymore. Gotcha. As we noted, that gun, you can buy into the platform for just under 5K, and then you can make it look Make it look like anything. Dude, you can personalize yeah. it up to... You uh, know, to an ASR almost, a, yeah. Yeah, territory, and, mm -hmm. and uh, you can do it over time and on a budget. Nice, nice. Mm -hmm. So there you go, and, and, and it is an AT, so it does switch barrel, because we didn't, we never mentioned it, but it does it. And oh, yeah. And by the, by, the, um, by the key slot up there, you'll see the hole for the, um, for the uh, quick lock to change it, uh, switch barrels and stuff. So yes, they are switch barrel, switch caliber. You're looking at Magnum bolt faces moving forward. Yeah, well, you got to, I got to shoot one. Got to shoot prototype today. I'll tell you what. How did it work? That, it felt like a 5.56. Five, that... <laughs> I really liked it in the PRC. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing rifle in a PRC. Yeah, I mean, the PRC is probably the most well-optimized round mm -hmm. ever it for a didn't short move. action. The pulse was so yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Um, and so you're going to do that. You are experimenting and looking at the 223 bolt heads. By all means. Yep, yep. Yeah. So that's that might yeah. be happening as well. And then this chassis is going to be available so if people want to break the bond of their old AIs they can drop it into this chassis. Yeah, and and one of the advantages is um, if they update to the ATX chassis, they can maintain the integrity of the original chassis and and if they ever wanted to put the gun back to original spec, they didn't have to tear it apart, right? And that's important. I, I mean, that's my personal. Right, opinion. right. No, I get what you're saying. Yeah, it's like I've, I've got some old AIs, and there are times I, I would have done something like that, but mm -hmm. I look at them today, and they're just worth so much money. I would never destroy them. Right. For the sake of putting a widget on it, you know, and and so, a guy can put that barreled action he's already got, say, in an AT in this chassis and then five years later if he says hell i just want to buy a brand new gun and then put that back to original spec he can do it nice as it wrecked it there you go so upgrade paths are being yeah. worked on everything's going awesome man i thank you for this week it's been fantastic these right. rifles are amazing uh I mean, the accuracy's always been there. I should say, Chris Way's been blowing me up. He went, one of the guy, local guy, Adam went yesterday to zero up Diane's gun yeah. and let him shoot it. And so he's, he's texting me, and I didn't know he shot it. And he's like, Are all these AIs like this? I said, Yeah, they're all the same. And he goes, But they, is each one? And I'm like, Yeah, I, I don't, I have a bunch of them, and you just switch barrel and do whatever you want. No, no. And he's, this, that, well, then it comes out. He shot eight rounds out of Adam's, Adam's Diane's, right? <laughs> right, right. And he's, he wanted, and he, 
So when I asked Adam and talked to Adam, Adam says, uh, he wants this gun because he thinks it's different than the others. And I'm like, no, they're just a stock barrel on that. That's not anything special. You know, yeah, it's an off-the-shelf I mean, barrel. You showed me the text message, and I'm like scratching my head and thinking, you know, these are Bartland barrels. We, we yeah. get them by the crate load, and dude, when you're testing, you... Yeah, you can't sort them out. Right, I mean, right. they're so similar in accuracy. Uh, I mean, yeah, yes. yeah, it's, but I get it. I, <laughs> I understand. He's so, like, he, so he thought you made a special yeah. one for Diane, and it, it, it was fancy. And it's like, no, they're all like that, dude. That's why we shoot them, you know. But no, I really appreciate you guys coming out. I appreciate you including Sniper's Hide with this, the Everyday Sniper Podcast. Um, we got tons of video for you guys. I'm probably going to have about four videos that come out next week. I put a teaser video out that gives you the details. There is a Q&A we did on YouTube that is from our live stream yesterday. Skip the first 10 minutes. We were dicking around. Um, Google, <laughs> right. Google locked me right. out of a thing. but So I got yelled at for it by some random guy on fucking YouTube. But anyway, <laughs> um, so we got that. Uh, so there's tons of uh, content coming out. You can order these rifles today from, I guess, Euro and Mile High. Yeah. Um, and they'll ship in April. Forty nine ninety five is the base gun. Uh, there's the accessories like the night vision bridge, a long and a yep. short. There's the weight systems that'll be coming. You're going to have heavyweights, lightweights, big weights, small weights. Uh, we really didn't get into a lot. Watch the videos. That's what I'll tell you. But I appreciate the whole AI team coming out. Scott, thank you as always, and well, well, everybody listening. Well, thank you, listening. and uh, it's a pleasure to be able to talk to your uh, your podcast audience. Yeah, it's fun, man. Great time. Thanks, guys. Talk to you.